So then you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Seems our radiators are making a lot of noise. I guess they're really steamed. You know, the more you groan. (laughs) July 5th was always a very special day in my family when I was growing up. It was my dad's birthday and the day after July 4th, and we would celebrate a family (coughs) reunion every year on July 5th my dad's birthday, because he was the patriarch of the family. And it was a lot of fun. Family would gather together, and really, it was a celebration of family. And it was a joy, and all of us looked forward to that reunion called McKinnon Day every year on July 5th. Well, today, we celebrate the great feast of all saints, And this is the day in which we celebrate the family of God. The family of God in heaven and on earth. This is the celebration of all saints. All who are in Christ in heaven and on earth. But especially we remember those who are heroes of the faith and lights of Christ and the gospel in their generation. What do we know about the saints of God? We know that they were people like you and me. They were fallen and broken and sinful. They were often struggling and stumbling their way often throughout life. And yet they allowed the grace of God to use them as his instruments to be the lights of God in their generation. I, at a funeral that I did a short time ago, someone reminded me of the light that shines through stained glass. You take many pieces of broken glass, glass that has been broken and shattered, and you put them together in a particular order, and they become beautiful icons of our faith. This is what God does with the saints. He takes People who, peoples whose lives are often broken, even shattered, and he reorders them. He reorders them that they may become beautiful and that they may shine forth his light and that they may tell something of the gospel. So raise your hand if you have never felt shattered or broken. <laughs> You're right, Matt. I know you. You forget. 
We've all been shattered. We've all been broken. And yet, if we open our hearts to the grace of God and allow it, God will reshape us. He will take those broken pieces and put them together. And he will shine his light through us. And we will proclaim something of the gospel in our own age. We know that the saints of ages past are still alive in the Lord. They do not sleep. Jesus says, I am resurrection and I am life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then the next word, the next verse rather, in that gospel narrative is a question put by Jesus to Martha in that case, but to us. He says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? That I am resurrection, that I am life, that he who believes in me, though he should die, he shall live, and he that lives and believes in me shall never know death. Amen. 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 For Jesus is life. Do you believe this? Jesus says to the Jews in his time, and this is taken from Matthew twenty-two thirty-two. he says, Do you not remember what God said? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not God of the dead, but of the living. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. The saints are alive. Those who prior to Christ trusted in the promise to come, fulfilled in Christ, and those after Christ who trusted in the good news of life and salvation, all those broken pieces of glass reordered by God reformed, reshaped in his image to become the lights of God and the truth of the gospel in their generation. Jesus himself honors the saints of, of old in the New Testament. He honors Abraham, calling him often Father Abraham, honoring him as the father of the covenant the father of the promise. And he tells us that to Abraham, he granted, he granted the ability to witness the fulfillment of the promise that was made to him 1,800 years before Christ. The holy are allowed to take a break. The sinners all have to stay, so yeah. <laughs> I pick on her so much, I thought I'd say something nice, you know, with her sister and niece here, too. He says that Abraham, Abraham was the father of the promise, that God would not abandon us to sin. God would not abandon us to death. Rather, he would come himself into this world to save us, to raise us up out of sin and death, and to bestow upon us a dignity a dignity which comes from his own heart. 
And Abraham was promised this, and Jesus tells us that Abraham, though dead for 1,800 years, witnessed God's coming into the world in the person of Jesus. In John 8, 56 to 58, Jesus says, Abraham rejoiced that he was to see my day. He saw it and was glad. So Abraham is alive. Abraham, who now has been dead 3,800 years, is alive. He witnessed the incarnation of Jesus. The Jews there questioned Jesus, saying, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus uses this opportunity to proclaim and to reveal that he indeed is the Lord. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I am is the way that God in the Old Testament revealed himself. I am life. I am being. I am existence. I am. Jesus also shows us that Moses in Elijah, Moses 1,200 years before the time of Christ, Elijah several hundred years, are also alive. They are not dead, but alive. Living in the fuller presence of Almighty God. He honors them by allowing them to participate in his transfiguration. Again, revealing his true identity as God made man. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And when he was praying, the appearance of his countenance was altered and his raiment became dazzling white. And behold, two men talked with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of the Lord's departure, which he was to accomplish at Jerusalem, Luke 9, 28 to 31. And so Moses and Elijah, also alive, appearing with Jesus in glorious, Jesus' divinity is revealed on the holy mountain. They there converse with Jesus about those things that are about to take place, that is his death and his resurrection. I am the God of the living, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob. Abraham saw my day. Moses and Elijah conversing with him on the holy mountain. So we know that the saints are alive. We also know that these heroes of the faith, and the reason they're heroes, the definition of a hero is an ordinary person who does extraordinary things. It's not extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. It's ordinary people doing extraordinary things. That's what a hero is. Sorry, my mind wandered to that. I'm trying to think of the name of the, show. the great American hero. What was it? Is that what it was? Yeah. And he flew like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I'm bringing it back in now. So a hero is an, an ordinary person 
who does extraordinary things. A hero in the church is an ordinary, broken, fallen, sinful person like you, like me, through whom God does extraordinary things. In the New Testament, in Luke chapter 1, we see Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, honoring Mary. And we are told that all generations of the church would also honor her. The Word of God says, and when Elizabeth, that is the mother of John the Baptist, heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then in great humility, she adds, And why is this granted me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Soon thereafter, Mary, moved also by the Spirit of God, proclaims, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. See, it was God that raised Mary up. He has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, she said. But it is he, the Almighty, who has done great things for me. Blessed is his name. The letter, the author, rather, of the letter to the Hebrews has what is known in chapter 11 as the Hall of Fame. The heroes of the faith. The heroes of the faith. He, they speak of Abraham and of Sarah and of David and of Moses and so many others. And we are also told in Hebrews... This bookmarker is so wimpy, it's not helping me here. Here we are. Here, here's a bookmark for you, Brian. It's a great one, too. All right. We are told in Hebrews, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we are surrounded. That's why in churches you often will see the angels and the saints all around the church, because the Bible, the Word of God, tells us that we belong to a family, that those who have gone before us in faith are not dead, but are alive. They are living. With angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we ascribe all honor and glory to Almighty God. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Then in verse 22, For you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. 
to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of the just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. See, we are not alone. We belong to an incredible family, a family of heaven and, a fam and earth, one family in the Lord, alive. So, what does this great feast mean to us? Firstly, we have examples of persons who were just as we are, struggling along in the world, who by faith became instruments of God and lights for Christ and the gospel in their own day. We too can be like them, these heroes. You know, when you're a little boy and uh, your dad or uncle or someone takes you out to teach you baseball and, and they say, you know, someday if you practice hard, you can be, I'll take you out, you can be like at the 8 o'clock, I said um, Mickey Mantle, I was told um, to change that for the 10 o'clock service. So you could be like Ted Williams. How am I doing? Right? You could be like Ted Williams, you see, and because they want you to have heroes. That's what we have. We have heroes of the faith who have gone before us, who encourage us and pray for us and are examples to us of what we can be in our own day. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, that's, you know, that, that's for priests or bishops or deacons or you know, those few special people in the church. That's not about me. I'm no St. Peter or, or, or St. Paul. Well, you know what? Peter was a very broken man. He constantly had his foot in his mouth. He was a very broken man. And he denied the very death and resurrection, the very heart of the truth. Jesus says to him, get thee behind me, Satan. And yet, in his brokenness, Jesus uses him to be a mighty instrument and light that would shine forth in his day. Paul was a murderer. Paul the apostle hunted and imprisoned and handed over for torture and murder Christians simply for being followers of Jesus. And yet, when he came to Christ, Christ used him even in his brokenness so he can use you and he can use me. So we have examples. Persons who did not ultimately succumb to the things of this world or the desires of the flesh. We are reminded that we belong to a great family of God. And also, just as we ask one another to pray for us, so we can ask God to bid the prayers of his saints for us as we continue to walk by faith. Now, as Anglicans, we tend to, to shy away from speaking directly to the saints. Like, you know, hey, St. Jude, I'm a helpless case here. Jesus won't do this for me. Can you help me out? We, we tend to shy away from, from that, right? Uh, we pray 
to the Lord. But we can ask the Lord to bid the prayers of his saints, for they continue to pray with and for us before the throne of God. And if you don't believe me, guess what? I have scripture references. <laughs> Revelation 5, 8. And when Jesus had taken the scroll, the four living creatures who represent Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and indeed all of creation... And the 24 elders, that is, the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles who represent the church of Christ as the new Israel, each holding a harp and with golden bowls full of incense. Let me read that again. Full of incense. says, which are the prayers of the saints. And so here they are joining us, praying with us and for us before the throne of God and offering our prayers to God. Later in Revelation, we see the martyrs, those who gave their lives for the truth of the gospel, and they're under the heavenly altar, and they're crying out for who? For us, who continue on our earthly pilgrimage, asking the Lord to grant his mercy to us. And then in Revelation 8, beginning at verse 3, and another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense. I didn't, I didn't throw that in there. It, it says that. Much incense. No bro cream were a little dabble, do you? Much incense. I use bro cream all the time. Much incense to mingle with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne, and the smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints before, from the hand of the angel before God. We have a family. Today, we celebrate that family, the family which is one in heaven and on earth the family of God in Christ Jesus, the heroes of the faith, known and unknown to us, who in their own day, despite their brokenness, allowed themselves to be used by God to become the lights of God and of the Holy Gospel in their generation. This is what we celebrate today. This is the great feast known as All Saints. And may we, in our own day, allow God to use us to be the lights, his light, in this generation. For there's so much darkness in this world. There's so much brokenness and sadness. There's so much sin and death. What is needed is not more of any of that. What is needed is the light of Jesus and he desires for his light to shine through you. Amen.